0: The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the hosts and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're
1: listening to Jonesy and Brown. Both
2: you, the crazy, with Mike Jones and John Brown. Right?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's the world famous Jonesy and Brown podcast. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. It's been a a while. It's been a couple of months since we've done a podcast, but we're back in the game. We're back at it. Good to have a a special guest, longtime friend of ours. Wanted to talk some eagles with him. With week one now, hours, days, away. Ladies and gentlemen, on the line with us, joining us today from the Philadelphia Tribune you've known him for so many from so many different things it's Mr. OJ Spivey here today what's going
1: on good friend hey what's up guys glad to be on with you thanks so much
0: now OJ you you've done this for a, a long time i've been a fan of yours professionally for a while i think i i first got familiar with you with hearing you on w uh WURD. You've done a, a couple of different things. Why don't you start? Let, let's start by getting to know who you are. How did you get? How did you get your start? Tell us, like, you know, you know, take us from the beginning. Like, where you're from? How and how? What brought you on this path?
1: Well, my path is still going on. My journey is still going on. Um, I've been at this thing for about 15 years now. Um, I'm from Philadelphia, from West Philly uh for those familiar kind of that's Cobbs Creek so um, West Philly kid uh just growing up went to John Bartram High School uh, in Southwest Philly and just to give you a synopsis of just getting into this business getting into media I've always wanted to I've always had a love for sports Mm -hmm. and some of the things that I would do as a kid was uh, for example uh every year you know we're talking about the NFL so the schedule will come out Uh, So the only time that you would see the schedule in those days, we're talking about, you know, early, mid-80s. Only time you would see the schedule would be if you uh, saw the paper, you bought the paper, you bought um, a magazine, whether it be Street and Smiths or Mm -hmm. NFL Pro or something like that. And a lot of times it would get lost. So what I would do is I would take a notebook and I would take the time and I would write the schedule every week and in those days it was just 16 weeks so i would write every game every week and i would just have to keep a record of it so that's kind of how i got into sports Um, sometimes i would try to draw logos or i would even add the scores to the schedule and with my voice and everything i always thought i wanted to be on the radio Um, but i actually grew up wanting to be a teacher so i pursued being a teacher Um, that didn't work out um, quite as much um so i just went to work and it went until i got into my 30s i said okay um i want to i want to cover sports i want to get into media i want to do different things i want to cover diff- uh, different things and um it worked out to where i went to broadcast school uh, went to Connecticut school of broadcasting uh i was able to win a scholarship because uh, you know you go to school, we go to trade schools, uh, different things, it can be pretty expensive, so I was able to, in fact, where I I believe uh, you were at, um, at the time, Comcast Sportsnet, uh, Mm -hmm. JP, so um, and I won a scholarship through them, I was able to, you know, learn tricks of the trade quickly, and of course, you know, that doesn't replace uh, getting a journalism degree or communications degree, but slowly but surely, after I got out of school, it was just kind of hard for me to just kind of breaking a business because I was in my early 30s, mid 30s at that time. Um, I couldn't even get a promotions job. So I just wanted to just uh, latch on with maybe a radio station and maybe do promotions or do something like that. Um, I I just couldn't, you know, uh, get to do that because a lot of times they'll end up just hiring interns. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what I did was uh, a certain thing came out this is late 2000s and now what we call podcasting as we're doing here now Mm -hmm. uh it was just called internet radio and a friend of mine put me onto it and you know I was just trying to get my shot just get on the air not even just get on the air just get to either radio station and everything and just kind of get my feet in the door and all he said hey why don't you try this you know this is internet radio this is a whole new thing and it's something that I didn't learn in school but you know, you just didn't have the uh, platform to do it. So and he was just doing comedy stuff on there. And I said, OK, why don't I just get on there, uh, just try to do a sports show and just hear myself talk for an hour. And I got a good listenership. And I was able to get a co-host um, out of Atlanta. I'm still friends with her to this day. And we, we mm-hmm. became pretty popular. And through there, we talked about my time at uh, WURD. Um, host at the time heard me heard my podcast and he said hey why don't you come on and sit with me uh, for a week or two um his his co-host at the time uh just wasn't showing up and then i ended up at wrd for about four years and either hosting or co-hosting um their sports show and one thing led to another um you know i ended up writing for the undefeated um, and that's just because um, one, of the, one of the guests that I had on my uh, internet show, my podcast show, uh, she ended up uh, working for ESPN and then becoming an editor for Undefeated, so it worked out that way, and it just allowed me to, uh, it, it opened a lot of doors for me, and I started covering uh, events here in the city, uh, started covering, you know, different uh, sports events, and even just things off the field just to get some experience and just say, hey, I'll cover this um let's say Eagles are having this event uh I'll cover that or um you know I was even doing things like covering food truck events just anything to just you know uh get doing some experience whatever. and all and just mm-hmm. one thing led to another right right so you, you know you you know how to how it how that kind of goes in Philadelphia is a tough yeah. market of course mm-hmm. and you know if I didn't have a family at the time and everything that I would move down south or uh, going to a smaller market and try to, uh, you know, cut my teeth down there. But, you know, I'm just trying to do all this and just manage the family. You know, my daughter is in high school now. Um, so um, she was small then, so I could only really do a, a number of things. But again, just I just kept working at it and all and uh, writing a few articles when I'm defeated. and then just most recently um, just ended up at the Tribune and Uh, writing just different things, just becoming, I actually became a better writer um, at the Tribune and just doing community stuff. And then I'm just slowly uh, coming in the sports and doing a number of things like uh, covering uh, James Harden's uh, first game, uh, you know, different things like that. And even just back, uh, you go back to when the Eagles won the Super Bowl back in 2017. Mm -hmm. I didn't cover the games, but I covered the parade. So, and that was, that was just great enough, especially, you know, being a lifelong Philadelphia and everything, you know, everybody knows that's probably the best day of their life as a, as a Philly sports fan, of course, so nothing can replace that. So just, uh, you know, just, just kind of kept at it. It wasn't easy, um, but it's, and it's still a journey. So there's still a number of things that I'm to do um, at 50 years old and um, starting to cover the games here for um, the Eagles this year, so that was a long journey, you know, just to get in there. But you know, it's been it's it's been a long ride, but it's been fun. Um, it, I can't uh, I don't regret the experience at all. Um, so it's, it's 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 been great, and I, I feel very blessed to just go through the process. And what I want to do um, at this point in my life and everything is just help others as much as I can. Uh, learning tricks of the trade or at least how to get your foot in the door and everything and my because my journey is unorthodox you know i didn't go through um the regular uh the regular realms or uh coming out of college and or getting in interns you know while being in college those different things so uh, it's a lot of people in my booth who want to get in this business but they don't have the college degree or they don't have the experience so um, I wanted to devote some of my time to, you know, doing those type of things. So. Just quick
2: follow-up questions. because I heard you say you were co- covering just mm-hmm. whatever to early to get the experience. Was covering sports always the goal for you? Right. A, so so sports was always the goal. That's where it wasn't uh, yes, just something you fell into. It's,
1: it's, yes, because that was that was my goal. But... One of the things that you you know you have to do, and they say in this business, you know, the more you can do, the more you can do. You have to be versatile. You have to be have have that open mind. And you know, when I stopped writing um, for a while, um, I would just say to myself, okay, you know, do I want to do I want to still write? I missed it, and I had the opportunity. Um, the Tribune came to me, asked me. One of the editors asked me, you know, um, how would you like to come just you know write certain things for. Mm-hmm. It. For them, so I said, okay, um, I'll, I'll do that, and it just it would kind of just get me back into the swing of things because I kind of lost my joy of writing. But again, it came uh, full circle, and, and this is a and that's an excellent question, um, Jonesy, because it came full circle, and I'm slowly but surely coming back to sports, and again, just um, something as. Uh, Something as big as covering the Eagles, um, if you're not a beat writer, because you know getting credentials to go to to uh, cover teams like the Eagles, like the Sixers, um, even the Phillies, you know they default to beat writers. And if you're not on the beat every single day, it's kind of hard to uh, open those doors and you know bang those doors open. So I was persistent and also kept relationships. It's all about uh, relationships in this business too, uh, whether it be relationships with the Eagles. Um, relationships with the six or a couple Flyers games, just because of their what they do in the community with uh, Snyder hockey, which is their youth program. So, uh, you know, they asked me to cover those different things because um, they, uh, not that they target, but, you know, they want to help African-American youth and uh, inner city kids to, um, you know, learn a game of hockey through education and all. So I was covering those things and, you know, say. Hey, Flyers hockey. And that's something that I didn't have in mind sports wise, but it was still a great thing. And so in a roundabout way, you know, if you, uh, you know, I want to say work hard, work hard is one thing, but I say, you know, you have to work smart just as much. And and here's a new term, they say, you know, uh, hustle smarter, not harder. So, um, and again, in a roundabout way, it just came around to where, you know i'm covering more and more sports but still keeping an open mind and just covering different things and listen i have people ask me about politics i don't particularly like uh talking about it but you know people will ask me because they value my opinion i started a newsletter a, a random newsletter just for just random topics that i just tweet about and people just seem to be interested in it you know mm-hmm. i never knew but i said hey <laughs> this is an opportunity for me to just kind of expand and just try to engage with people, um, whether it be sports or whether it be any mm-hmm.
0: other topic. OJ, now you, you talked about getting started in this business. You know, being a local kid, local kid from West Philly, coming up, and you started your adult life on one career path, a career path towards education, and then you decided to kind of switch gears and go into media and go into sports media. Now. When you did this, because you said you were, you told us that you were about 30 years old when you made this change. What makes you go right. in, What makes prompts you to make that change? Because it's not like there were a lot of examples for that in this area. Like like what, what, what prompted this change for you?
1: Well, it's, it, one of it is gratification, I'm searching for self-gratification. Um, And, you know, when I'm being in corporate America, I I got bored and I said, okay, this is, you know, is this all there is to life? And again, it goes back to my love of um, researching things, um, whether it be sports, whether it be history. And, you know, those things uh, coincide. And you made the point, JB, that there's no blueprint for the path that I went through. But when I look back at some of the great broadcasters, not necessarily of our era, um, you know, these guys were kind of older. But when you look back at some of the broadcasters, of maybe our parents or perhaps some of our grandparents era, and particularly with radio. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in those days, you didn't go to school to be a DJ, you know, mm-hmm. you just happened to, you know, hang around or, you know, you knew somebody who knew somebody else. And then that's how they got into the business and um, you know those different type things so it's all about just navigating spaces, and you know when I was in my 30s I didn't know necessarily how to navigate those spaces. um, Because again what you uh, tested to uh, there was nobody around to uh, have me do so, and you know I just had to try to figure it out for myself and just ask questions. And I grew up as a shy kid. So I wasn't one who was eager to be outgoing or ask questions. But uh, I felt a need for that gratification. And one of the other things that I, um, that motivated me was when I would listen to sports talk here in the city. And you know, I would listen. I was like, man, I said, I could be as wrong as these guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that they were good. I mean, you know, they would say certain things. And I know some of this is just for shock value. And I would hear guys predict the games. And I said, why can't I do stuff like that? And Mm -hmm. it's almost like, um, oh, gosh, what's the guy who, uh, he was a businessman. I think his name was Reginald Lewis and he was a, a self-made entrepreneur and he had a book called why do white guys have all the, why should white guys have all the fun that's how i felt mm-hmm. with sports talk and, and you know sports as a whole and an- another thing too motiv- what motivated me is we didn't see a lot of faces that look like us um growing mm-hmm. up it was basically guys like brian Gumble, mm-hmm. who you would see covering sports and you know, not that I wanted to be someone like him at the time, but when I just look back at the history of it, and then you look at the numbers on the field, you look at the numbers on the court, and you know, you're looking at 70% here, 80% here. But then when you look at the media, and you know, there's very few that look like us. And I wanted to be involved in that and I wanted to start telling our stories. And guys were getting on the air and uh trying to Uh, get into the brains of Black athletes, and it's it's just way off. And, you know, we all know that, you know, we grew up with guys playing ball. We didn't play ball ourselves. We knew guys who did. And, you know, we knew the paths that they went through. We knew where they came from, Um, whether it's guys from the inner city or the guys from the country or, you know, maybe relatives that we knew um, that played ball. And the stories are just not correct. And Mm -hmm. just relating to these guys, relating to where they're from, uh uh, relating to the them getting adjusted and one of the actually one of the first uh jobs that i had actually wasn't a job i actually interned um it was for semi-pro football and i was a sideline reporter
0: what was the team uh,
1: uh philly panthers okay philly panthers and and uh during that time uh it was they were in the labelle football league and Payne mm-hmm. LaBelle, she had put her name on it, and she had sponsored it and everything. And there's different teams around the, the region, around the East the
0: Coast. La, the LaBelle right. football team. I don't remember. Yep. I, I don't remember. What year was this? I don't remember this.
1: What, and I, uh, I don't, this was, I'm trying to figure out why. This was, late, this was about 10, 15 years ago. So we're talking about maybe 08, 09, and you you know, know they would play they would play uh in the city, they would play at Germantown Field, they would play at Gratz, uh different things. You know, I was I was I'm gonna uh, have to do some of- research now.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh you just Patty Labelle YouTube had a see. football league. I'm, I'm, yeah you just feel- go on uh YouTube and you'll see some of the highlights there. You'll see a, a guy um doing some doing highlights, doing analysis, didn't even know what I was doing. But hey, <laughs> they put the camera in front of my face. They gave me a microphone. Just say, told hey, you to go. call the games, call uh-huh. the games, interview the players, uh, all that. And listen, um, when I hear, whenever I hear people downplay sideline reporters, I almost want to cuss them out because they, they have no idea what they're talking about. And they just think it's all glitz and glamour. And listen, I was out I there the cold. World. I was out there in the rain. Yeah. And... Listen. Also, getting coaches and getting players to want to talk to you when they're locked in oh, to the up. game. They're trying to get ready. Last thing you want to do is talk to a sideline reporter. But and that's on and that's on
0: that's on any level. That's on any, any level. level coach. And we're any talking
1: pros, yeah. so you can just imagine how the pros are. You know, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. colleges, how the pros are. These these guys are locked in. It's it's tunnel vision. Last thing you want to do mm-hmm. is have a sideline, have a reporter on the field, grab you and say, Hey, can I ask you two questions? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have a producer in your ear, I like, I didn't, well, they didn't have it where I had a earpiece in me, but, you know, God just gave me the, just put me on camera and say, do your thing, do the best you Mm -hmm. can. We just need the coverage, Mm -hmm. you know, think of stuff to, to ask. So, but that was one of the things that I, really cut my teeth with that I really got a lot of experience just not knowing knowing what I'm doing. I look back at it now. I don't even want to just look at the videos. You guys can have fun with that <laughs> man what the hell was I doing? But <laughs> but uh, uh,
0: it's all right you know, guys, it, 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 Yeah it's all right. We all you know we all got our start somewhere. You know we Ooh. all did something. You you uh you thought the name uh thought you thought Gumble's name earlier but I wanted to uh but I wanted to bring up like more influences, like who influenced you? Like who were people that you looked up to when you wanted to get into? Were there people that you wanted to emulate?
1: Well, my first influence was just, um, just through my voice and everything. And it wasn't even sports related. One of my first influences was Don Cornelius. And that's that's when I was a kid, because I just thought he was the coolest guy on the planet. Just some speaking, just being eloquent, and just um, uh, you know just interpreting uh, music to the audience and you know I, I mentioned Gumble and all and but and I would just listen to guys on the radio and just again not just necessarily sports just uh, really news people um and back in the day you know it, you know I know I'm keeping this local but you know local radio station WDAS, they had a dynamite news um, news department. And mm-hmm. I, w- I would listen, I would listen to the to the men, I would listen to the women, um, you know, maybe being on location and I'd say, hey man, that's that's what I want to do, you know. Good. Whether I'm doing sports, whether I'm playing records, whether I'm covering uh Unity Day down on the parkway, those things, you know, I wanna mm-hmm. be into that. Because, you know, yeah. I, I wanted to be a guy that, you know, they they go to and you know, those type of things. But just as far as sports is concerned, um, You know, I I just wanted to just be just be a voice and Mm -hmm. uh, also too on the radio, actually a guy who did sports talk here, who was a um, an athlete who actually should be in the Hall of Fame. His name is uh, Johnny Sample, the late Johnny Sample, who Mm -hmm. um, played in Super Bowl three. He played in the greatest game ever played with the Baltimore Colts and the uh, New York Giants. And, you know, he became a Philadelphian, even though he was born in the south and uh, he lived here most of his adult life. He had a radio show on uh the old W H A T, which I would listen to. And um I learned a lot about sports just just from him yeah. and you know, the discrepancies of not having uh people who look like us uh mm-hmm. cover, you know, cover our athletes. And, you know, I just had a just had an eagerness to wanna do that and just say, Hey, again, I could I could be as, you know, right or wrong as these guys.
0: I remember Johnny Sample and Sunny Johnny Sample and Sunny Hill
1: back in the day. Like on yeah, Sundays. Buds, yep. Mm-hmm,
0: yep. I yep, remember that. They're, they're best best. Oh. I still mm-hmm. listen to
1: Sunny Hill to this day because yep. one of the things that and I'm sure, you know, we'll get into some of these things, but uh one of the things that bothers me, um, and it, it's so many people live in a now and you know in the Twitter age and The social media age and we're beginning to not recognize athletes of the past and that to me that's a problem and that that bothers me that that irks my soul and i want to be one of those people as i'm getting older now i want to be one of those people who just kind of um you know keep that torch lit and you know talk about guys like will talk about guys like uh Jim Brown even though I didn't necessarily see them play um it's getting to the point where you know people haven't seen Michael Jordan play people haven't seen Jerry Rice play uh people haven't seen Barry Bonds play um so you know I'm just trying to uh bridge that gap and just say hey you know these guys were great and you know we're we're looking at greatness now but we can't um, we can't exclude the greatness of the past because it really um it really shows us uh, how great these guys are because of you know who came before them, their predecessors, and I, I want to keep mm-hmm. telling those stories. I hear you. I hear you.
0: Now let's let's kind of pivot a little bit because you talked about the fact that you you cover the Eagles now, but right. how hard how hard is it for you because you grew up an Eagles fan. A lot of the people in this city who professionally cover the Eagles and professionally report on the Eagles, they're not necessarily Philadelphians. They might be popular in this city. A lot of people might like them. A lot of people might believe the things that they say, trust their opinions. So, you know, so on and so forth because they have it because they have a job to do and they have a, uh, they have a responsibility. However, they're not necessarily fans. So for you, how is it as a fan? Because you're you're paid for your objective opinion, but you you still have a passion for this team. Is that difficult? Is it hard to do? And if you know why or why not?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that it was that is hard. I just think you just have to be careful um, and just kind of um, know your audience and pick your spots. And I, I kind of um I kind of disagree with what you said because actually a lot of people who do cover the team here in Philadelphia, they are fans. They are glorified fans. And um, you know, I don't know if you can just say uh radio people are media per se, but radio is a medium. And most of those people who cover the team through the radio, they're fans. They're glorify fans, they're just fans with a microphone. But you know, as far as beat writers are concerned and everything, it's, a, it's it's definitely a fine line that you can't that you can't cross. But mm-hmm. being a lifelong Philadelphian, I just try to uh, deal with fairness. And mm-hmm. you know, I could take my fan hat off and I can put my journalist hat on, and just become fair. And that's one of the things that I was taught. You know, when I was in broadcast school, and just you know, keep it um, keep it down the middle um, as much as you can. And we're all human, so. I don't even want to put on this facade that you know we're not all human. Um, it is, is it easier for uh, someone to come here and uh, cover the team, and they're from the Midwest or they're from somewhere that you know um, they don't have affiliation? And you know, you're, again, you're taught you're taught that in journalism to you know be uh, completely neutral. But again, we're all human, and we uh, we all I, I believe we all love. The games that we cover the sports that we cover um but you know it's, it's a good question but you know you just have to say hey i'm here to do a job um i'm here not to be a fan um i can be a fan when you know I'm, you know hanging out with my daughter and everything and i might mm-hmm. you know have an eagle shirt on, have an eagle jersey on mm-hmm. um in fact one of the things this is a perfect example um, even though i've been at training camp a number of times this summer uh my daughter wanted to see training camp so I we had went as fans and I just happened to have my uh Brandon Cunningham jersey on and you know it was it felt kind of awkward and everything and you see some of the you know some of the people that you know cover the team and everything it felt kind of awkward but you know I'm there as a day I'm I'm Mm -hmm. a father first you know Mm -hmm. um so you know it was just a outing with you know me and me and my 16 year old daughter and Mm -hmm. we had fun and then you know the next time uh next couple of days I was back out there and everything and I became a journalist again so I mean we're all human but you know there is some professionalism um that's involved um so Did you uh, go to did it, you go it, to it, it training
0: camp something. as a kid? Did you go to training camp as a kid?
1: No, I never went to training camp as a kid. My first training yeah. camp I was gosh the last year that they were in Lehigh so that was I believe I was 39, 40 years old. My first, my first oh. ever training camp, because, mm-hmm. and and this is another great point that you make, because uh, a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, they miss Lehigh, and if you're, you know, really old, you miss Westchester." So yeah, that's just me. That's where the Eagles train, but I disagree with that, and I like that the Eagles have their, uh, their headquarters and their practice facility here in the city. Um, even though it's not accessible to everyone, you know, you kind of just have to know somebody to or be a season ticket holder to get access. But even just when they have their one open practice, um, I think that's great for the city. And I think that's great for uh, children, because someone like me, you know, we were training camp was not accessible. You know, unless mm-hmm. you had a family who had a car or someone who was just willing to take that drive and everything, you weren't going to see those training camp. Um, as a child, when I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. So that, that's what I like about what the Eagles do now. And I, I, listen, some of my colleagues, some of the beat writers, you know, they they, they are like lobbying or they're um, advocating for the Eagles to move back out to the suburbs and everything, just because it's an easier drive for them, they ain't got to deal with the city. But <laughs> I, I think it's great because it gets little black kids that would, you know, like me, mm-hmm. Going to inner city, they actually have a shot to see their favorite players. And again, you know, going to training camp is is kind of special too because most people who live in the city can't afford to go to an Eagles game. You know, That's we so. all know that. So mm-hmm. that access, or that little bit of access for them to see a Jalen Hurts, uh, to see a Brandon Graham, um, to see a Jason Kelsey, and everything you know that that could be that could be life changing for them.
0: Uh, see first, he put me out there man I, I'm, I'm one of them people that misses westchester
1: <laughs>
0: now, I, I, Listen, I will say i, I will i miss
1: it too oh, lehigh mm-hmm. i mean you were up close with players and you know seeing guys like as as huge as king dunlap and everything that's one of the biggest guys i've ever seen man but you, there's nothing like seeing a professional athlete up close so mm-hmm. I, I i get it in a sense but you know I, Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I, I'm from West I, Philly, so what, what can I say? I, I wanna I wanna I feel access like, the Eagles too.
0: I feel like the Westchester days, as much as I miss it, it's not hard to grasp why it could never be like Westchester ever again. <laughs> like when when you when you when I think about what made Westchester awesome, and it's like especially now where I'm old enough to really, really appreciate it, I know. It could could never be like Westchester ever again, where it's like, you know, I hear the stories that you and other beat writers talk about when you're inside the camp and the things that you're seeing every day. Whereas back in those days, in the days of Westchester, as a fan, you could go see that yourself every day if you wanted to. Exactly, And and a coach would lose his mind if you could just go watch him practice, you know, any, you know, any Tom, Dick and Harry could just come down and then watch him practice every day all summer. Like if I was a coach, you know, I'd be taking all types of notes. I would have had the Eagles all figured out by the end of training camp back in the 80s. (laughs) You know, because you could go every day. You could, you could. Mm-hmm. It, it, you could it, it go, go every no day. In,
2: uh, that's exactly yeah. what people with, used to do at Lehigh. They would, That would be their summer vacation. You'd get a hotel room, go up to Lehigh for the week, and go watch training camp every day. Oh, like, that's the, take the entire family, yeah. right? And I think that, that's the part of the experience now that people miss more so than even the location, mm-hmm. is that even with it being in the city, it's just they've limited it to one open practice. Whereas opposed to it, to it being an everyday thing, like every practice was open, that's I think for me the biggest part that's missed with the change. No, you're
0: no, you're you're right about yeah. that because I what I what I remember about Westchester, and I and I I think Jonesy, I showed you this last time we did a show together at my house. I have a book of nothing but autographs that I would get from Eagles players because, that, they, had, because right. they had to walk through the crowd to get to the dorms, and it was pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. And for me, being a kid, like I didn't, under, I didn't understand necessarily the autograph game in that I would just – if I saw a big guy in pads, I just asked for his autograph. I didn't care who he was. So I'm looking through my book now, and I got pages with Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, uh Jerome Brown, Seth Joyner, and then some bum who never made the team as well on that very same page. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you sitting there like, I'm looking through page, like, oh man, I remember him. I remember him. Who is this? Who is this? You know, and, and my father was he, like we used to have a football, we go and, and have the players sign it, and I didn't know. I didn't, you know, I just walk up to anybody. So there I could have literally gotten somebody to sign right next to Reggie White, who got cut later on that day. You know. <laughs> but not but but nonetheless, it's 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 the access, just like like Jonesy said, and and OJ, like you said, you know, the access is gone, but I, I understand why. No players going through that. You know nowadays nobody's going to do
1: that now
0: you know that's just the way of the world
1: yeah and and, you know the the eagles they 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 get a lot they get a lot of crap for this but it's a league-wide thing and when we look at it you know in the the grand scheme of things i believe it's three quarters of the league now three quarters of 32 teams they practice at their own facility uh well the thing that again that people criticize the Eagles is okay. They, you know, they're one of the few that have their facility that's still in the city. So, and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, as opposed to the Ravens, they're out in the suburbs, the Falcons, they're in the suburbs. Um, I think the giants actually, uh, practicing their facility is over in New Jersey or I guess every, everything there's, uh, New Jersey, but, you know, and, and it's, it's a logistics thing too, because you have all the equipment there. Uh, you don't have to, you know, truck everything on a on a trailer or the blocking mm-hmm. sleds. And and uh, practice is just so um, uh, technologically um, advanced now. And he had a sports science. I guess we can blame Chip Kelly for that, but part of that. But uh, oh, know, don't, don't say that. Science. Don't say that
0: name around. Don't say that name around Jonesy. <laughs> don't mention that name around Jonesy. Jonesy doesn't oh, want to hear
1: those two it, words. It, it's it's tricky, too
0: early but, in the yeah. show to start, to start bringing up that name.
2: He's worst coach in NFL history, my wow, my personal wow. opinion. Not the worst coach in college football history, but the worst coach in NFL history. The, the worst, because
1: there, there's been some bad ones. Mm-hmm.
2: But he seemed to not understand the NFL game at all. Not like he didn't understand football. He did not understand the NFL at all. And yeah, for that... He, I, it was more so
1: like he was probably screwed the NFL. I'm just going to do mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah, Yeah. so I agree with you
2: there. And that's why I call him specifically the worst coach in NFL history because he had no interest in actually trying to understand the NFL. Mm -hmm.
1: Right, right. He he wasn't going to conform at all. You're you're right, Jonesy.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Once again, you've watched this team now. Let's talk about this team that you have watched because you have also heard how excited a lot of fans are about this team.
2: I mean, let's go through it because it was a, it was an interesting off season. Mm-hmm. So, indeed, you, you know we we're go- leading up to the draft. We're all looking at those three first round picks, wondering what's going to happen. Then the news breaks: you trade for AJ Brown. Then, you see you you trade you trade up the draft. Um, Jordan, Jordan Davis, Davis. Yep. which was a move I had been call- wanting to happen since. November, I wanted Jordan Davis. And then I actually wanted Nakoby Dean in the first round. He comes in the third round. Wow. I mean, I couldn't how Howie Roseman had a, a masterful offseason. Let's see. Kazir White, Hassan Reddit, James Bradbury, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He filled every need you could want filled, possibly, except, well, if you're sold on the running backs, then okay. But if you're not, you might have wanted another running back. But other than that, there there wasn't much else how he could have done this off season. What's yeah. the feeling in the building like for this team? Well, I
1: think every- I think it's a, it's along the lines of the fans, I I think they're focused and I think they're just trying to not hear the noise mm-hmm. um, and they're just trying to just just, um, you know, just just keep their keep the tunnel vision towards the season. They are working hard, you know, even though there's was a lack of hitting um, in training camp, but. I think quietly, these guys are eager to go. I wouldn't say that they're excited. They're eager to go for the season because they see the talent around themselves. They see the talent that was brought in. They see the existing talent. And I think they just can't get ready to just get there. They can't wait to just get on the field and just play together because I I think, if not anything else, uh, whether they're good or not so good, I think this is going to be a tight-knit group and I think this mm-hmm. is going to be as close to locker room um, you see um, the coast locker room that you'll see probably since the Super Bowl year. And, right. and then what I, what I like the most is I think how he did a, like you said, Jonesy, he, he did a masterful job of meshing, um, the rookies, uh, meshing the free agents, uh, you know, of course the trade AJ Brown and meshing them with, uh, the existing roster. Uh, which includes the young guys like Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, um, and with the veterans like Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham. And again, these guys seem to like each other. And you just hope that, um, if, as a fan, you just hope that it all translates on the field. Uh, and you see the talent there. And with that and with the chemistry and hopefully the execution, um, it will all come together. And I think fans have every right to be excited because you you can see the talent uh, just beginning to mesh. You know, you didn't see it in the preseason, but seeing it every day um, in training camp, these guys are loose. There's no tightness uh, on the field at all. Um, You see some of the sound bites or uh, some of the little um, skits that, you know, Eagles media do with the players and they'll ask them different things. This is all stuff that they're all eager to do. You know, they're not, you know, chying away from um you know just being together and just doing different things together and i think nick Siriani deserves some credit uh with that because he likes to keep the guys loose too i mean he can you know go off on a couple guys you know you've seen him i've seen him you know scream and yell where you know someone didn't get something right in training camp but i think they are um emulating uh the personality of their coach and that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing. And, again, it all has to translate on the field. Don't get me wrong. Um, but what you see from training camp, um, this is going to be a close-knit group, if not anything else.
0: Because, I'm I'm thinking,
2: cause I, just real quick, because I'm thinking, JB, you'll remember this. Like two seasons ago, we were looking at the Eagles and Carson Wentz's last year when things were falling apart and saying this roster was old expensive and not extremely talented <laughs> and then to look at what's happened in just two years you're hearing national people and and some local people saying this is one of just based on the roster on paper top 10 some people saying top five roster construction how surprised are you at how quickly it was able to be turned
1: um I'm actually not surprised because if you follow the NFL um and just over time this this day and age this modern NFL you can turn it around in two years mm-hmm. um I know a lot of people didn't have a lot of faith um in how he was when they do so I necess- I didn't necessarily uh believe it you know when you saw um them, them draft guys like Janet Rager and you see Justin Jefferson you know right there um and you know you can go on and on with how track record in the draft that you know it's not so great but these past couple of years I mean you'd be a fool to criticize him for what he's done in a draft short of a Jalen Rear, you know mm-hmm. but um you know you can even throw drafting Jalen Hurts um in, in there you know how um unprecedented uh, or how unorthodox that might have been but you know these last getting a, a Landon Dickerson when we all didn't most of us thought he wouldn't even take the field that he was damaged goods I mean this guy looks like a beast and Jonesy, just what you talked about with this past year's draft, I knew that Howard Rosen wasn't going to keep those three, all three of those first round picks. But I mean, he, he flips picks better than, you know, your best real estate agent flips houses. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he, I just know he loves the wheel and deal on draft day. That That's his baby, but, uh, the draft and even more so how he manages the salary cap. You know, he loves the wheel and deal. He, he can't help himself um but for him to pull off and get an aj brown which nobody had on the radar mm-hmm. um even the best guys who covered the team or you know with scoops and there no one had that on the radar um you know you kind of foresaw if jordan davis may have may, may have failed want to get them i'm with you jonesy uh, i had jordan davis on my radar um i actually thought kobe, kobe dean was going to be taken in the first round but he fell to the third round and the Eagles were right there to sweep them up. I mean, that was what that
0: days? was the, the move. That was the move that got me
1: because I too wanted Dean.
0: And when he did, when the Eagles did not take Dean, it wasn't like I understood taking Davis over Dean. Mm-hmm. And the move to to get Davis, and then the move to get Brown, I right, I'm good with.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But he's still on the board in the second round. When they passed on Davis in the second round, but looking back,
2: yeah, looking you know. back, I can't be mad at Cam Jergens, though.
0: No, but I, 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 I'm the fact that they got Cam Jurgensen
2: and Dean. Yeah, it, that's, that's what I mean. It was a master class from Howie. Yeah, I'm, I'm,
0: you know, Man. it's like okay, because I was ready. it, it was like it was going to be a, a a yeah, but type of draft. mm Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you got Jordan Davis; he's a beast. Cam Jergens, I, I, all right, he should be all right down the line because we still have Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, you know, he's got Jergens is gonna have to. Uh, he's got to sit and wait. But I wanted Dean though, and then when they come back and get Dean in the third round, I'm all right. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good. Do whatever you do, whatever you want. I'm, I'm I am off the hating how he train for this year. I reserve the right to jump back on
2: anytime. And then then you get Bradbury and Gardner Johnson. (laughs) One year at a time. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, honestly, and and that's something, and uh, um, that is something I'm glad to have OJ on for this because he is a fan as well as a reporter and a journalist. So it's like, you know how this works in this city. You know how quickly people can be on your side and then drop you. Like turn, Jones, turn, you brought it like up. You you brought you brought it up two years ago. When they made this when at right before Carson Wentz's last season, you and I both were like, Everybody needs to go. Mm-hmm. Howie needs to go, Doug needs to go, Carson needs to go. I yeah. went a whole clean slate, get them all out. And when they got rid of Carson and Doug, but kept Howie, I'm like I was concerned. Yeah, I'm no. I'll do you one better. I'm like, they about to go through the same thing all over again. It's it's about, this is all about to happen again. How do you get rid? It was a three-pronged problem. You get, and you get rid of two of the three rungs. And you keep the rung that builds the team. Mm-hmm. So, but now, I, I, I can't say too many bad things about Howie. I, I have to give the man the props. He, is, he has earned it so far. And I guess my my question to you, OJ, because you have covered this team for a while. Have there been times when you have seen a lot of confidence in a team going into the season? But when you watched it, you were like, "Uh, uh,
1: I I don't know. Well, I I think you can attest that to the last couple of years with uh, with Carson. Um, Even though they won in uh, 2019, there was some confidence there but when you looked at early in the season you know they had to they had to step it up a, a notch and um you know win that division and they, i think they were pretty lucky to do so but when you saw again what what happened in 2000 you know they drafted Jalen hurts the confidence in the team just went you know kaput but it, it well it wasn't really the confidence that that left it shifted there was a shift there was a systematic shift in that locker room and that shift went from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts. So the day that Jalen Hurts walked into that locker room, he exuded confidence. And that's the type of thing when you have a franchise quarterback and or you have uh, your starting quarterback is a bit fragile. And you you can you can transcend this with with life, um, and you can just go in any, you can go in any workplace, and you know you're so used to being, you know, the big man on campus or the big man, you know, in the office, and some young guy comes in there shrewd, and you know you were able to get away with a number of things. You know I'm the franchise guy. You know I'm got a guy that, you know, brings everything in, brings in all the revenue. Have a young guy um sort of unassuming but you know you, you know people and and I, I know people like this in life um male and female when they walk in a room they exude confidence my fiance is like that you know she'll walk in a room and she'll just exude just everything she just knows how to work a crowd work an audience and some people may get uh insecure about that and that's kind of what happened with Wentz um you know that year that 2020 season and um you, you kind of saw that you know uh with the Sixers a little bit too just you know during the Ben Simmons year I know that's a you know different topic for for another day but it, it it can happen and you know if even if the confidence doesn't um doesn't um you know go away it can be a shift and it's up to the coaches it's up to the veterans to. kind of handle that shift. And what happened with Wentz a couple years ago, um, you know, they just didn't do a great job of it. And I I think they underestimated um, Wentz's fragileness. And part of that was their fault, too, because they enabled him uh, a lot as well. So it it can easily happen. So to that point, though, at at that moment,
2: that was one of the things I had that I was holding against Howie because after all the things that reportedly happened that we started hearing about, some of them after the fact, with the Nick Foles situation and how Carson was reacting to that, as the GM, it's your job to know the pulse of the team. I felt like he should have known in that moment Carson probably wasn't going to react well to you drafting a quarterback in high rounds, especially when he told you, he didn't like the idea of drafting a quarterback in the early rounds. So Yeah,
1: I, I agree. I, I I'm I'm still trying to I'm still trying to research and do the groundwork of why they like Jalen Hurts so much at that spot because again, nobody had had thought um about them, you know, taking a quarterback in the second round let alone taking Jalen Hurts and alone a quarterback that early. Because, you know, they usually wait till Fourth, fifth, maybe sixth round to get a guy because I think they did the same with uh, Carson Strong this past uh, draft. Um, but but you're right, Jonesy, and uh, how he didn't do a great job of um, measuring the locker room and just measuring uh, his quarterback. And it it seemed everything seemed great when they drafted uh, Carson Wentz, and everything was going to be great as long as nobody was necessarily you know was uh in place where he could look over his shoulder. Um mm-hmm. but I did I did kind of understand at the time why why he drafted a quarterback, not necessarily so early, but I did understand it because we were starting to see um, you know, wear and tear on Wentz, uh, him not finishing seasons, um, not finishing certain games, you know, it was tough as nails at the time, but you know, they had to have some type of backup plan, but usually you get a five to ten year veteran, not 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 a rookie that you're going to uh, need to groom. But listen, and, and I know we'll probably talk about this, but if Jalen Hurts works out, uh, what we're talking, you we're going to have to give Holly more praise. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. going to look like he's mm-hmm. going to look like a genius if uh, he and uh, well, Sirianni, for the most part, if they develop Jalen Hurts and he becomes a I don't even say not even a franchise quarterback, but if he he becomes uh, higher than average quarterback, he, he's going to look like a genius again.
0: Let's talk about Nick Sirianni real quick. I feel like there were times last season there there was a point where this city was ready to turn on Nick Sirianni.
2: They I, had why lost the, a bunch to the Lions game. Right, right up before the Lions game
0: right before the Lions game this city was ready to turn on him this man was on, in press conferences talking about flowers blooming and what he needed to do and this city was ready to to burn the overcare center down and and, and everyone in. and somehow they were able to string string along string a few wins along get some wins turn their season around and Sneak into the playoffs. That being said, now that now that you've made the the playoffs and expectations have changed, how confident are you in Nick Sirianni and his ability to do this job?
1: Um, I am cautiously uh, optimistic um, because when we look back in most cases last year Nick Siriani coached as, as a rookie head coach a first time head coach mm-hmm. um and you know we can go back to just the first half of the season and with what we know now as you know Nick Siriani was apparently calling plays you know as he said he would but you know we now know that it necessarily wasn't a shift in philosophy it was a shift in uh, play calling and Shane Steichen ended up uh calling plays for uh what we know now is the second part majority second part of the season and you know was that uh was was getting a more balanced attack more um shane stipend was it more systematic thing because you know we all know that the eagles want to throw the ball this day and age it's a passing lead yada 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 um but you know that that was for me that was a bad reflection on nick because I I look back at two games in particular, uh, the San Francisco game and also the uh, LA Chargers game. If there was just a slight change of philosophy, even though Jalen Hurts went toe-to-toe with Justin Herbert in that San Diego, I'm sorry, in that LA Chargers game, he went toe-to-toe with them. They just ran out of time and you know, um, I believe they went up to they. He took them down the field, either tied the game or they were up three. And then the Chargers came back, and then they they scored afterwards. So it's a collective thing defensively, also. Um, but you know, if you saw a little shift, do you trust offense, Gannon? I get Gannon in a second because that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a different animal. But if there was just a little shift in offensive philosophy and let's say that San Francisco game, not trying to maybe force it down the field all the time, um, and then maybe not trying to go toe to toe uh, every sequence uh, with the Chargers, you know, uh, offensively, they may have won those games. You might've been talking about already 11 and 16 instead of nine and eight. So that's kind of where I criticize Nick Sirianni um, the most. Um, but I think he's going to learn from his mistakes, and I don't think it's going to take as long. Uh, this year, hopefully, we won't have any uh, hiccups early on in the season because they have a favorable schedule. Um, but I don't. I think he will learn from his mistakes enough to where if he feels the need to adjust, he will adjust a lot earlier. So that that's my biggest right with uh, Sirianni. But as far as Gannon, people are saying all eyes on Jalen Hurst this year. I get that. But with the <laughs> toys and the tools that Jonathan Gannon has mm-hmm. to share, and we were told in the office this guy got head coaching interviews. And I'm like, I gave a blank stare with all that. But you know, the people who cover the team more so than I do, beat writers and everything, they, they're saying that Jonathan Gannon was a rising star here in the NFL. But you know, show show the Eagles fans that you are that rising star because you have a hassan brennick uh you have a kazir white you have bradbury um you have um uh garner johnson am i getting his name right um you have him now and you have the georgia kids up front jordan davis and then the Kobe dean those are what five different new starters on mm-hmm. defense mm-hmm. and you know he, he's not um you know he's not uh showing his card on how they want to play but, listen, he has to unleash these guys. If if he is the head coach and waiting here in the NFL, here in the National Football League, show us. Show us that you're going to have what you mentioned earlier, Jonesy, uh, uh top ten or maybe even a top five defense. It, it's People talk about It's no excuse for Hurts. It's no excuse for Gannon now. Mm-hmm.
0: So, in, in your opinion, are you saying that uh, Jonathan Gannon is a bigger <coughs> question mark than uh, – than Jalen Hurts.
1: I think just as much. Um, because we mm-hmm. we we're, were all told last, you know, last year that, you know, he's this up and coming defensive guru. Um, he was a great coach. It was just all person all about personnel. Mm-hmm. And you know, I get it to a certain extent because they didn't have enough playmakers. I mean, basically the only playmaker that they had on defense last year was Darius Sletting, you know, with Brandon Graham mm-hmm. being hurt, um, mm-hmm. you know, and other guys not panning out. Um, you, you saw the linebacking core, you know, these last couple of years. That, uh, we had we had Nate Geary starting.
2: All all of this is true, but at the same time, I'm I'm remembering last season, and we all remember during that winning streak at the end of the year, we played a lot of quarterbacks that didn't that weren't NFL starting quarterbacks. Agreed. But, but prior to that, when you were playing NFL starting quarterbacks, this defense was on pace to give up an NFL record high completion percentage and you had a oh, couple and then you and you had a couple guys that went 18, 20 completions in a row on you a couple games in a row. It was with no adjustments in sight. The only it adjustment to it was very tough to watch and if I don't know if that changes except that you play all those bad quarterbacks down the stretch. So, for me, Gannon is the biggest question mark. Like I have questions about Hurts, but Be- Gannon's the biggest question mark for me. No question, no doubt.
1: Right. Yeah, that, that can't happen. Uh, none of that. None of that can happen. You, you can't see a uh, um, a Derek Carr go. You know, have only what five five incompletions in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't have mediocre quarterbacks, you know, just looking like hall of famers. You're, you're right about that, Jonesy. And you know, that, that, that is the biggest indictment with Gannon. And, you know, you have to show some type of adjustment um, as a defensive coordinator. That's, that's why it shocked me that he got a couple of uh, head coaching, a couple of head coaching interviews. Cause that, that was, I'm like, you know, was what, what are y'all doing? What are y'all seeing?
0: Yeah. There was, there was a time when we were over there, we, we were, thrilled to hear that he was getting NFL coaching, uh, head coaching offers. Because We was like, yeah, because he needs the bounce. Yeah, <laughs> please take him. But now, he's getting some players. He's, he's got some guys in, and it seems like the tide has changed. I feel like they've gotten the personnel to actually build up real expectations. So, in your mind, what what is a realistic expectation for this team? Now are you hear because because you know there's people that are gonna go zero to one hundred. There's there's gonna be there, there are people who's gonna say Super Bowl or bust. And honestly, those people say that every season, no matter what team they put on. <laughs> right. But, but realistically, what is the re, what is your realistic expectation for this Eagles team?
1: Well, I'll just start at the top. I I don't think it's a Super Bowl team. Um, I don't think that they are, even though I I think they have a lot of talent, um, I'm I'm not gonna go to say the Super Bowl word, but I do think that they can, um, I do think that they're gonna win the division. Um, I think Dallas is gonna take a step back this year because I, I don't think overall the talent level um you can also attest it to the coaching as well i do think they're just actually gonna take a step back not Not, even
0: with the signing of jason peters what
1: (laughs) no that's not even with that but um yeah i just think they're gonna just take a a step back and Mm -hmm. um you know i don't i don't think they'll be uh bad or terrible but they, they they may even sneak into the sneak into the wild card uh but I have expectations for the Eagles to at least win the division. Um, I have them going in eleven and six and if the you know, ball bounces right um in another game it could be twelve and five. And um I do expect them to make some noise in the playoffs. I do expect them to um possibly win a first round game um and possibly go into uh the divisional round. Um, mm-hmm. if, if the ball bounces, right, we could see maybe a, a conference title appearance, um, but I'm not even going to go there. But what mm-hmm. I want to see from them is just progress overall, whether it be the quarterback, whether it be the head coach, the defensive coordinator, I want to mm-hmm. see progress at least for me winning on Wild Card weekend.
0: Okay. Now as a professional, and I know you, you cover this team, where will you be on Sunday? When the game is kicked off, where will you be? Are you going to be so, yes. in the
1: street? Well, I'm not going to be at the road games. I could tell you that now, but for just about most of the home games, uh, I will expect to be uh, at the link. Uh, so up there in the press box and just covering all the home games, you know. And you know, a lot of uh, writers again, it's all about all about budget, all about mm-hmm. who you work for and everything. And you know, I wasn't expecting to. Uh, going to rule this year, and you know I I do have other commitments as well. So, um, but I'll probably be I'll most likely be watching the Detroit game, you know, with you guys, or on the seat of my couch and just sorry, watching. You come you know, watch the us. game
0: with me. I got some chips. <laughs>
1: you come through. You so go. so,
0: yeah. Throw some wings on. So, we'll, figure, we'll figure something out, man. In, in fact, we got to we got to do, gotta, we gotta we gotta do that one day. That, we got so. we first because i I've been sitting here trying to think of a, a name for all the black sports. Uh, taught people in this area we, we need like a, a a cool name for ourselves it's a work in progress because i got nothing uh, i i have to admit that I, I don't have anything but you know i'm, I'm still working on that but one day we're gonna all get together we're gonna eat we'll drink eat something we'll, we'll drink something that sounds good to me you, you know and we'll watch a game and we'll figure we'll figure this all out but real quick before i let you go let everyone know where they can reach you
1: Oh, so yes, you can always reach me on Twitter um, at OJ Philly. I'm there all the time uh, tweeting about something, whether it be the Eagles, whether it be, you know, something else, food, um, you know, a rant or something like that. But um, also you can follow my work uh, with the Philadelphia Tribune. Uh, You can just go to PhillyTrip.com and uh, even if you go on my Twitter page, there will be links uh, to all of my work Um, and even those who are still on Facebook. Uh, You can uh, follow my page, like my page. Uh, It'll be under OJ Spivey-Journalist. I like to load up all of my articles on there as well. Uh, So a number of ways you can follow me. But if you just go on Twitter, you'll be able to find me.
0: Oh, man, ladies and gentlemen, once again, his name is OJ. But we all think of him as an OG in this city. We all respect (laughs) him. We all love him. We love what he does. What he does, I've been a long-time fan of you. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, sir. Thank you.
1: Thanks, JB. Thanks, Jonesy. I appreciate you having me on. It's a oh, pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Don't worry. We, we will be asking you to come back on because that's that's just what we do around here. We find good people, and then we have them on about four, five, six, seven times because they always talk good stuff. Anytime. So you'll be back. Anytime. All right. Thank Absolutely. you, good brother. Appreciate you, man. All right, Josie, we got to move on because we still we still got more guests, man.
2: Uh, come we back gotta, with a bag.
0: We, we 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 back. It's you. Wait, hold on. Why are you so big and why am I so? Why, why, why am I so big? And you so small? I, I don't understand it. This 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 streamyard thing is I I don't know. Anyway, we got another guest though. <laughs> We got uh, another guest because it's week one. We're playing Detroit, so I had to look out. And quite frankly, we don't know too many Detroit Lions. We don't know too many people who are going to admit that they're Detroit Lions fans.
3: Like well, honestly, I, if it, I know if it one
0: proud Lions fan. I I know. Is are we well, talking our are we talking our next guest? I am talking about our next guest. Yes, he he truly is the only Lions fan we know. So if we're playing the Lions, we have to bring him on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, from KYW News Radio, first off What's the happening? radio is Jay Scott Smith. What's happening, fellas?
2: Oh, man, good to have you on again. <laughs> good
0: to have you on, my friend.
3: It's it's like you it's like when the lines show up, you just gotta it's like saying Candyman in the mirror, I suddenly pop up after three times. It's just how that goes.
0: exactly Exactly. <laughs>
3: no it's good it's good to have you on fellas and and by the way that brother you just had on oj spot he's he's salt of the earth good dude yes. that's a that's yes. a good dude so from yes. one of the first he's one of the first cats who reached out to me when i came out here maybe seven years ago i've been in philly and he's one of the first ones he's such a good dude so always good to to see that brother have success so i want to make yeah. sure i shout him out too
0: absolutely absolutely, absolutely. That, that is a man universally loved in this city People look up to him, you know, big brother to, to many people. All, I've always appreciated him, always respected his work, followed his journey. So it was good to have him on, and good to have you on too,
3: my friend. Hey man, hey man, it's good to it's good to good to be here, good to be seen, man. So never hear a complaint out of me coming on. It's good to talk about this, even if it is dealing with the lions. But this is one of the, <laughs> this is maybe the best time of the year to be a lion fan because there's just a little bit of that hope. Floating around in the air. Y'all know what I think about hope, but it's just kind yeah, of floating yeah. around, <laughs> floating around in the air. And this is gonna be interesting on Sunday. That's the best thing I can say. This is gonna be interesting on Sunday. So speaking of hope.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of hope, because when we talk when we spoke last year, it was right before the Eagles game. The Eagles had been reeling going into that game. Oh boy. And it was two struggling teams, and we had no clue what was going to happen. This time, almost a year later. The Eagles are supposed to be a much improved team. I hear mixed bag on the Lions. What should we expect from them after this offseason?
3: So, the less said about that game last year, the better. That was, <laughs> I, I, my, and, and people who follow me on Twitter, it's at JScottSmith, by the way. They know, like, before any time the Lions randomly show up on national TV or play it, play a team like the Eagles, I always will tweet right at kickoff. Don't y'all go out here and embarrass me today. And what did they do when the Eagles walked in there? It was 41 to nothing before I even had a chance to, to think. So the one thing I will say is that 44-6 cannot happen again. And I don't mm-hmm. think it will. Hard Knocks has kind of put a little bit of a shine on the Lions that, that I haven't seen in probably, I'd say, since maybe 2012 when they were – 2000, yeah, 2012 mm-hmm. when they were coming off the – the 10 and six year where they go to the playoffs and lose in new Orleans. That's the first time that I've seen some sort of like, you know, light kind of shined on the lions. the the hard knocks thing was really odd for me because the Ford family is just so insular and you wouldn't have seen that three years ago with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn as the head coach. They wouldn't have let any of that in mm-hmm. y'all seeing it's just raw with the lions, Dan Campbell, where I still don't know what to make of him. I will tell you, Jared Goff and that offense are a lot better than you think. And I was saying that last year, even with that ugly game with the Eagles, that was the worst game they played all year was with the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Their offense is a lot better than people realize. They have the type of offense that they keep losing offensive linemen in practice, which makes me a little nervous, but their offensive line is way better than people give it credit for when it's healthy. They've got two really good running backs, Swift and Jamal Williams. You've got, some young wide right receivers who can who can actually run and can actually catch, which I don't think people get. I ain't seen that since since not even Calvin Johnson because Calvin was like a super freak, but actually guys who could catch. They had that one year with Calvin and Golden Tate and Reggie Bush where they had a really good offense and Stafford was actually probably his best period in Detroit was that point. Mm-hmm. This year they're actually pretty good on offense. It's that defense, mm. my God. Like, if y'all saw hard knocks and how Aaron Glenn went off on that defense, he sounded like me watching Lions games last year when the defense was out there. I, I it was mm-hmm. that defense is a, it, oh boy, they got to do something. Like the Aiden Hutchinson kid, he looks like he's good. Mm-hmm. They have a couple of good defensive linemen along with Hutchinson. They have a couple of good linebackers. This rookie, Rodriguez. He's really good. Like he looks like he's a stud. Like they like they found they went out and found a guy which the Lions don't do very often. They went out and found a guy. Now they got to find like eight more of them and put them on that <laughs> defense. <laughs> because that defense is going to be the problem. It may not be 44-6. It might be something closer to 35-24, 30 or 37-28. The Lions going to put some points up, but I don't know if they can stop anybody and that's why I like the idea of them winning more games but they were three and 13 last year it's like they better win more than three games or there's gonna be a real problem where like what is your
0: opinion now now moving forward you, this is now year two with golf but you watched the guy you watched his predecessor win a Super Bowl yeah I don't like talking
3: about that one either uh, well <laughs> so I, I I understand that bothers well, me too that bothers well, me a lot I can't well, even I guess tell. that bothers me a lot. <laughs> well, I, I guess because some,
0: sometimes there can be a player that you're so down on that you that even if they do have success somewhere else, you're kind of like that was just never gonna happen here. So all right, whatever. But are are you at that place? Are you at that place or were you are you like Wow, the guy we just spent years, uh, you know, going back and forth with whether or not he could be the guy. He
3: just went out there and won a Super Bowl with a team. That was a special circumstance. The, it was never going to happen with Stafford in Detroit. Never. It wasn't going to happen because in terms of – and this this is a big fruit salad of just problems when you look at the Detroit Lions. Because the, lo- the, the big narrative last year was it was all the Lions' fault. Stafford was great this whole time, and all he needed was just to go to L.A that's nonsense he was the only guy who was there for 10 years and i and i've said this to you i've said this to mm-hmm. others here in philadelphia could you imagine any quarterback being in this city a decade winning one not even not winning one division title not winning one playoff game you cycle through coaches you cycle through receivers you cycle through running backs you cycle through through offensive linemen mm-hmm. they even cycled through kickers the lions did used to go through multiple kickers they had four kickers in 40 years until the last three they, they cycled through every possible combination, and Stafford was the only constant. They had a Hall of Fame-wide receiver named Calvin Johnson, which if you put Calvin Johnson with the Eagles, like put peak Calvin Johnson out here with Donovan McNabb, for example,
0: mm-hmm. what do
3: you think What do you think that looks like out here? <laughs> that, I'm thinking that they might get one of those Super Bowls. They might actually mm-hmm. get one before you got one.
0: Mm-hmm. Stafford was
3: not going to happen in Detroit. He was a really good quarterback in Detroit. He wasn't like the savior. Like I get into with with lions fans all the time about this. They act like this guy was the savior of the team. He he was perfect. He did nothing wrong. They just never gave him any help. And in one season they had Reggie Bush and golden Tate and Calvin Johnson. And you had the league's best defense in 2014 and they couldn't win at a certain Mm -hmm. point. It's okay to say that Stafford may not have been the fit in Detroit, just like, the front office may not have known what they were doing. Now, admittedly, seeing him go to LA and immediately win effectively kind of that did bother me a little bit. But you also have to remember they had a ridiculous defense out there last year. That mm-hmm. they went to that was a team that was what, three years removed from going to a, that, that almost exact same team went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff as your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it's—I mean, what are we supposed to? do? What am I supposed to do? It's like, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of hoping Cincinnati would finish that thing off. I kind of was. I, I'm not even going front. I was flying back from Nashville that night, and I'm watching it on the plane, rooting hard for Cincinnati. I can't even lie. But that's was,
0: that's that's the bitter Philly influence of the last seven years. That's yeah. that's what being in Philly yeah. has made has done to this man.
3: <laughs> now, where he's
0: like, look, I can't even cheer for this man. I don't even want this man to succeed. No, you no, see how it's, it's you see how it's, cre- it's just crept into your psyche. That's what I being in this get in town there. for the last seven years has done to you.
3: You know, what? <laughs> and I love it. And you, you see, you see clearly from the video, I'm representing my alma mater, Detroit Renaissance High School. Like, I, I I'm, I still will always represent for the city, but a little bit of that Philly has gotten in me, and I kind of like I, it. I,
0: I, I can, t- I can tell,
3: I kind of I, kinda, I, I, kinda, I like look, that feeling. Look, a little bit of that look, bad guy, man, a little bit of that heel slips, slips into me once in, in a while, and that's you that's where I am because. It, it got so wacky in Detroit. Like, it's one thing if you want to say, all right, Stafford couldn't win it here. Cool. We'll at least support him when he goes there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's another
3: thing when people are creating shirts that call themselves the Detroit Rams. And they're wearing Detroit Rams shirts. And, and talking mm-hmm. about we should have a celebration for Stafford in the city of Detroit. That's when, no, that's when we got to mm-hmm. go. At that point, it's like, no, nah, we got to have a talk. We can't We can't do that because they wouldn't do that here. No. Like if Carson Wentz, especially where he is, right? If Wentz had won it in Indianapolis, for example, I wouldn't have seen any Philadelphia Colts shirts around no. the city. No. <laughs> not, not a chance of that happening. And Nick Foles no. somehow no. wins the Super Bowl again. Y'all ain't putting Foles Bears. Oh, God. Nick no. Foles winning with the Bears. Jesus. But it's like the Bears. It's like the Chicago Bears winning a Super Bowl has just made me cringe a little bit. But that's like that. That ain't happening here. And that's what got me upset because. Mm-hmm. Stafford was – I'll be the first one to say he was a good quarterback. He wasn't like the greatest of all time, but mm-hmm. he he did as well as he could possibly do, but he came up short. And it was okay to say that he came up short, but you can't even say that in Detroit. They want to put a statue in front of Ford Field to him, and I don't understand it because he never – the Pittsburgh Steelers have more postseason wins in Ford Field than he did. Mm. Ooh. That's, That's a good. problem. <laughs> That's painful. It, it, it's funny because
0: you, you bring that you bring that up. And, you know, when it comes to a long-term Eagles quarterback, the last one most, most fans will remember is Donovan McNabb. And there are people in this city right now, there are fans, lifelong fans, who will tell you, I bleed green, I love the Eagles, I've loved the Eagles all my life, and will tell you, to your face without hesitation, that Donovan McNabb's tenure was a failure.
3: <laughs> they will, I, they, they will I, tell I, you this. And and I've, and I've heard it. And yes. the the one thing I will always say to people is: Do you understand what I would have done to get what Donovan McNabb did here mm-hmm. with the Detroit Lions? He in literally one season he did more than the Lions franchise has done in 60 years.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I,
3: I get that Donovan McNabb rubbed people the wrong way in this city. I had to learn that over time. He rubbed people the wrong way. But that man, let me tell you, yeah, he. you may not like him off the field. I totally can get that. Get with that. When I look at that on the field, I'm like, there would be a statue in front of Ford Field right now. There would be a statue at where Old Tiger Stadium stood. They would put a statue next to Barry Sanders at the Silverdome if Donovan McNabb did in Detroit what he did here. And I understand that people didn't like him. I get it. I totally get it. And I hate to say that I kind of was seeing a touch of that last year with Jalen Hurts, which is really crazy because by all accounts Jalen Hurts is a good dude, and mm-hmm. I like that. I like that kid. I liked that kid when he was at when he was at Alabama. I liked him when he was at Oklahoma. I wanted the Lions to draft him because I think he, the Lions had just passed on him when he when he came down to Philly. I wanted the Lions to draft that kid because I, I like the way he plays. And last year he kind of showed flashes of it, not just in the lion game, but in in the in in that whole run up to the postseason. I kind of liked what I saw from Jalen Hurts. I think they've got something with that kid. And they've actually put some they put some dogs around him too. That's the that's mm-hmm. the thing that makes me nervous. That's why I said the Lions defense is gonna have a a rough day. They mm-hmm. they might score, but they're gonna need to because the Eagles are gonna put points on people. I, I think
0: when when I look at what the Eagles have done with with Jalen Hurts, and I feel like there's just one. With Jalen Hurts, there's like one piece that we have to figure out. But you've seen the flashes, and he talks such a good game. Everything about his mannerisms, how he talks, how he conducts himself, says, I am an NFL quarterback. I am a franchise quarterback. I am the person that will lead my team to the promised land. And then you see what they've done. They went out. They drafted A big time wide receiver go out and get the best wide receiver in college at that time, and then they go out and trade for a bona fide number one wide receiver. Mm -hmm. You put a whole bunch of dogs in front of him on that offensive line to protect him and to keep him upright. You gotta, uh, you have your left tackle locked up for a long time. You know, you have your guard, your left guard, and your center of the future. You have a right guard a uh, right tackle who still has some years in him and we have some pretty decent tight ends what's left is can can he actually play yeah you know you you, you see some you you see some flash you see some good and bad and mm-hmm. and and the 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 one of his biggest critics shares the name of this show with me and he <laughs> has some and he he's had some uh some questions so the question is you know, can this guy
3: really play? I'd look at Jalen Hurts, and I for one, yeah, he he certainly has the he carries himself like a number one. Mm-hmm. He, he he has that whole mindset. He's got a grown he's a grown man back there. He's a young man, but he's a grown man back there. Mm-hmm. I per, I personally think he can do it. I haven't uh, last year. I know it's, it's this city's tough. I know how tough this city is. I looked at him, and I'm thinking, no, he's he's got a little something. you got to give him at least this year. I think you'll know probably by mid-October whether he's got it because the Lions, like I said, defensively, that's going to be a problem. But as you go into this schedule, Minnesota game is the next one, the home opener, for example. When you start kind of going through this, when he starts having to deal with some of these defenses and make adjustments, that's where you'll see. I think with hit the way he plays his game, where he's just as dangerous with his feet, he, he, he's got the kind of arm he's got an arm on him now whether he can actually be accurate, we'll see. but he's, he's got an arm on him and they've given it he doesn't have the excuses. He, he doesn't have he doesn't have what Matthew Stafford had in Detroit all those years. He doesn't have excuses. He can't make the they set him up to they set him up to succeed. Now he's just got to do it. And it helps also that that defense is going to be really good too. They got, they got a defense that can actually keep you in games, which is the main thing that you're looking for for a kid like him. I like the way he plays, but it's it's a show improve type of league. And you gotta show, especially in Philly, where mm-hmm. show prove runs through everybody's veins. It's like you you got to show improve, and I think he can. We'll we'll see. I've seen there's there's some high expectations on, on these boys, and I I, I do want to see them actually. I know I already know it's gonna happen in Detroit. If I can get the five, six wins, I'm happy. But if you get something, if we get something out of Hurts and out of these Eagles, having been in this city when the Eagles are really good. Mm-hmm. This can, mm-hmm. it can you can get a little that they're the type of team where if they come out of a box winning like four out of five or something like that, mm-hmm. they can get momentum going very quickly. But it's all about him, and they, he doesn't have an excuse. He's got he's got a great young receiver, and he just just got another one traded here. Come on now, it, like mm-hmm. he and he can use his own feet. He's great on the run. He, he's got Miles Sanders is coming back, he's gonna have some he's gonna have some people to work with.
2: He's got Dallas and, Goddard in there,
3: yeah, y'all. It's like y'all got. Really, you went from Ertz to Goddard. So you got one really good tight end who get who gets replaced by another one. He ain't got no excuses, I, unless he gets hurt. He has no excuses, so he's he got to get out there and just get with it. I think he can do it because I want to see that young brother make it out here. I don't want him to end up being being Donovan McNabb. Plus, he doesn't have McNabb's attitude. You can tell this city. There, this city really wants him to succeed, but they're just like, eh, eh, we just got to see it. Just one mm-hmm. time for a stretch of time, we got to see it.
0: Now this, it, it, it's funny now because it's been so long, and I, I, I don't, I don't even have a calendar. Were you here for any of Donovan McNabb's tenure? Or no. Was he
3: gone by the time you got here? No, McNabb was out of here. I Now I watched from Detroit, because of course I, I always the Eagles were always kind of like my second team anyway because of Randall Cunningham, so I've always had an mm-hmm. eye on on the birds, even when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. I wasn't here for McNabb. I got here in seven. It was uh, not 17. I got here in 15. So he was gone by then. Okay. Oh yeah. He was completely out the league by, by then. Okay. Yeah. He was gone. So when I got here in 15, he was, he, he wasn't a part of that. That was right around. I think it was right around. just before I think did was Wentz here. I think it was right before Wentz got here is when I got here.
2: He didn't,
0: he he didn't live. He didn't live
3: it. No, like we no, did. I was, he wasn't here for the, the McNabb years. No, it, it's like I was, like, busy, I was the, busy dealing with Joey Harrington at that time. Here <laughs> when he was when McNabb was in Philadelphia. The, the thing
2: about the McNabb years and that Philly, might be
0: the first Joey Harrington re- reference we've ever <laughs> had on a podcast. Oh, on, on
2: absolutely our podcasts. the first. But yeah, if you remember those McNabb years, it was like every year the city was super excited. Yeah, you knew this was the year. You were in the conference championship last last year, so we're gonna get over the hump. This is the year. Hurts, I'm almost sensing the opposite response from the from the city, where it's like, yeah, we know the roster is really good, but we can't buy in like that again. It's like I'm I'm getting almost the opposite opposite vibe as far as the way the city is responding to Jalen Hurts right now, almost because. Of the disappointment you saw in those McNabb years, it's like, yeah, we'll believe it when we see it. Now, it's it's
0: gone from this is our year mm-hmm.
2: to this is our year. Is this
0: our year? Is is, <laughs> is is this our year? Could could it could it be? I I I don't know. Maybe I I I don't know. Well, let me let me ask you this, because you were here when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yep. How did you how did that make you feel about your team when you I think, saw
3: the team you professionally cover win a Super Bowl? I will say this, and I've told people about this before that I looked at it like a social experiment for me mm-hmm. because I've seen championships. I've seen the Red mm-hmm. Wings win four of them. I saw the Tigers get one. Pistons got three in my lifetime. Should be five. I'm not gonna bring that up, but they got three. They the Pistons got three. I've seen – my alma mater got to the college football playoff in 15. We won the national championship in 2000, been to seven Final Fours. I've seen everything. The one thing I did not ever fathom that I was going to see again in my lifetime was a team get that close to a Super Bowl. I've seen the Lions do it once. I was 12 years old. It was 30 years ago. It was 1992 when they won that playoff game against Dallas. It's been 30 years. I thought I was never going to see it again. So when the Eagles got on that run, and I remember the place I was working prior to this – I was telling them in November, I'm like, yo, this team is really good. Mm -hmm. Like, this is different. Like, this this ain't, like, I know y'all are a little gun shy around here in Philadelphia, but Mm -hmm. I know that look on a team when I see it. Because I see, the look I saw with those Eagles was the look I saw with those Pistons that won championships. It's like, that team is going to do something. We need to prepare for this. But I'm thinking of it as a professional thing. Mm -hmm. Bro, when they won that, when they won the NFC championship game, that tripped me out. I was like, wait, they're actually going to do this. I'm, I remember I remember what the Lions looked like in Washington. They that was men against boys when they got to the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. That was with Pete Barry Sanders, or we're not young Barry Sanders, who was still out there juking eight dudes at once, and they had no chance in DC. When the Eagles won that, that blew me away. It's like, yo, they actually got they actually gonna do this. And I'm mm-hmm. I, I can't believe it. That whole week was just surreal to me because I'd never seen anything like that. I've been, I've covered the NBA Finals and been a part of Stanley Cup Finals and all that. That's a vibe. Mm-hmm. What Philly was like during Super Bowl week was way different. Watching that whole game, and of course, I was rooting for him. I mean, it's, I'm not going to be rooting for no Patriots, so of course, I want to see the Eagles win. I'm rooting for one. <laughs> I, 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 I'm rooting for for the city that I cover. Plus, I'm rooting for content because I wanted to know what was going to happen if the Birds win this thing. Yeah, and It didn't even it still didn't strike me, but I'll never forget this. I was living in Southwest Philly and when Brady throws the Hail Mary and it gets knocked down in the end zone and it was like everything goes quiet for like five seconds and then everybody just loses their mind. Mm. I saw people just screaming, running out of running out of apartments. I saw grown men crying in the streets and the horns start honking. The air raid sirens go off. Mm. I couldn't believe what I was seeing because for me. The first thing that popped in my head is, damn it, we need this in Detroit. Mm-hmm. We need this. I I knew it was dope. It was 10,000 times better than anything. My mother called me from Detroit and she just simply said, what is it like? It's just like, I, mama, I can't tell you. My mother was 14 years old when the Lions won their last championship in 1957, mm. which predated the Super Bowl by six years. That mm-hmm. is like, she had to ask me because she's like, I don't know what that's like. It's like, Mama, it, 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 you, I can't describe it. It's bigger than when the Pistons won. It's bigger than when the Wings won. This is way different. This whole city is going crazy in the best possible way. And I, I've made it clear. If the Lions ever got to a Super Bowl, I might run back to Detroit from here. Like, Just, <laughs> just put these shoes on, and I'm just – I'm running all the way back, and I'll get there within an hour because that's that's where I'm. <laughs> get there in an hour because if because <laughs> if, if that's what getting to and winning a Super Bowl is like, I need that for my city. Mm-hmm. I I have to see it, and now I get it. I got why people were out there in the streets and seeing them win. The, just the emotions of that because that mm-hmm. was sixty. It was it was like fifty years for the Eagles because they mm-hmm. had they, they y'all been to a couple of them and lost.
2: Yeah, we is, hadn't won like, since pre Super Bowl either. Yeah, yep. we won an NFL championship, and, yeah.
0: then have, and then having to go through, have to deal with Cowboys and Giants and Redskins fans who told us that
3: our NFL championships don't count because yeah. they weren't Super Bowls. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, trust me, we, we hear the same thing from from those cheeseheads, and we hear the same thing from those goofs in Chicago. We ain't heard it from Minnesota, but Minnesota's been there four times, yeah. and that's just it. It's like can. I just want them to get there at this point. Just give me something. I remember 2014 in Dallas. How angry I was when they when when they got hosed at the end of that game and should have beat the Cowboys because mm-hmm. they would have had a puncher's chance in the second round. And who knows what happens. Mm-hmm. So I remember how angry I was, and I'm like as much as angry and raged out as I was watching that game. Is like I need this. <laughs> I need I need this. I need the Lions to bring this out of me more because. <laughs> Once every 25 years don't work for me, dog. I got to do this a little bit.
0: It's crazy. You talk about that and, and feeling like you need this. And then, Jones, you had brought, you know, we had talked about like the confidence in our expectations. Now, for me, in 2001, I was living and working in Baltimore when, when the Ravens won that first championship. And I just remember how the playoffs started was. That was that was Baltimore's first year in the playoffs. Oh, yeah,
3: I'm that's telling
0: right. I'm, I'm I'm telling Baltimore fans, hey, watch me. Let me show you guys how to act while you're in the playoffs. Let me show you how this is done. Let me show <laughs> you how this works. And then the Eagles go. I think they they might have lost it in the first or the second round. I I can't remember. And Baltimore just kept on winning. And now Baltimore is in the Super Bowl. But you're still talking about a young Eagles team at that time. So even as Baltimore is in the Super Bowl, I'm thinking to myself, they got Reed, you got a young McNabb, you got them locked up for a couple of years, you got this defense. Our our Super Bowl is coming. Like I was, I wasn't jealous of the Ravens. I was happy for them. I was happy for the town because just like you, you know, just like you talked about Philly was. I remember driving home and people were just in the streets and they yep. were they were banging pots and pans and you were just giving people high fives as you're driving down the street. Everyone was so excited and I was happy for them. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself because our time is coming. You know, that's what I thought in 2001. <laughs> you know, and and, and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, there's no there's no way this team as they keep on getting better, we have this this young energetic coach, we have, you know, we're signing guys, we're keeping guys. This team is going to be all right. Then they go on that run and, and start getting to the NFC championship. and, and I think the crack started happening after that Tampa Bay game. That yeah. was the low, that that was the low point because that was what, the, that was what the second one was that?
3: That was the second of the three losses. Yeah, that was, it was the one. Cause it was, was it because, cause y'all got super bowl. It was after the Oh four season into 05. Yes. So mm-hmm. that was, I think, yeah, I think it was cause the, yeah, cause Tampa won it. Tampa won it in Oh two. So yeah, it was two years before. So, mm-hmm. so, so that first that first
0: conference loss, that was against the Rams. That first conference championship loss, that was the Rams.
3: Yeah. And the
2: Rams were really, really good. That was the greatest yeah. show on Turf. That was and the greatest Hart, show Hart on Warner Turf. And
0: yeah. That Marshall was the greatest
2: show those guys.
0: That was the greatest show on Turf. And that was really that team's, you know,
2: that, was, and, that and that's a young McNabb. Yes. You, you, you didn't take that one to heart too
0: much. No. You were just happy they were there hmm. That first one, you were happy they were there.
2: That Day that- Barber is the one that that hurt. Yeah.
0: Jonesy, oh, <laughs> I've told you on this time before that that Super Bowl that the Bucks went to when they played Oakland. That is the only Super Bowl I did not watch.
3: I could <laughs> not
0: watch. In that's my the, lifetime.
3: That's I the did not the 2007 NBA Finals for me. That's the one I couldn't watch after the Pistons lost to LeBron because I knew they should have had I, that one. I, mm-hmm. I
0: didn't watch. I couldn't watch. As far as that Super Bowl, you know, I'm, I'm that should have been ours. That should have been the year. Had they won that year, that would have changed everything. I would have went back to Baltimore. Like, I told y'all. <laughs> I told y'all we, we was coming. I told you our time was coming. But then we didn't make the Super Bowl. Baltimore at this point, Baltimore's still they're still riding high. Hey, we got ours in 2001. What what happened? Where where are you gonna go? You know, but you know, year it took what 17, 18 more years. <laughs> That's and, and that is why at this point, is this our year? Is it
3: our year? Is You're, this our year? People in Philly have every right to be gun shy. Y'all are gun shy about the Sixers. About, I'll never pull my gun about Eagles, out. about the about about the Phillies. It's like that's that's in Detroit. It's like to a lesser level. That's where we are with the Lions right now because it's like we've just been through hell for mm-hmm. the last most of the last twenty years with this team. Like we like the nineteen nineties. The Lions were actually at least competitive. They still had Barry. They yeah they weren't going to win. They weren't more. That, that yeah. was a fun team. Herman Moore, Johnny Morton, Scott Mitchell—we got a we we got two good years out of Scott Mitchell in Detroit. For God's sake, we actually had something. That '91 team was the one that got to the NFC title game. They mm. won eight straight games. They were undefeated at home. They they ran through Dallas. Like that was the best Lions team of my lifetime, and we've I've been chasing that high for thirty years because they've they've had one team that was at least in that area, and that was 2014 when they. Green Bay was 15 and one, so you couldn't do anything. It's just like, yeah, they're, you win 11 games out of nowhere where any other time that Lion team wins a division, lost it by four games because Aaron Rodgers, because we weren't even close and we ain't been back since just fell off the table. And this year for us, it's just, is this the year they kind of get back to middle of the road? It's like, um, can we at least get into October and maybe early November with a game that's kind of means something where, where, you know, where they get to like that middle part of November and they put that playoff picture up there and you Mm -hmm. see the team's logos. Can we, can this be the year that the lions at least pop up in the, in the hunt one? Even if we're at the bottom of the list, we're the last one, that little Detroit logo at the bottom. Mm -hmm. That's where we are because we ain't had nothing. We've been starving The whole city is starving sports wise. Anyway, we are starving, starving. Like, I mean, like there's hungry and then there's us. We out here starving. Could, we, you ever have- see, could you ever see yourself
0: in a situation where you finally jump ship? What would have to ha- happen? Could you find well, is there
3: ever a time where you could just say, you know what, I'm I'm done with Detroit football? It's gonna it would be hard. It's hard because we're just like how they're loyal here in Philly. We're we're hella loyal in Detroit. We can't, it's it's like they'll make us angry. Like that this this Lions franchise, like Matt, the Matt Patricia era was as close as I ever came. Because he was (laughs) awful. And God help the Patriots if they want to put him in charge of calling plays this year because he was terrible. He apparently lost that locker room two weeks in, Mm. like not two weeks into the season, two weeks into his tenure there. Like he, during the
1: summer, during minicamp,
3: was not on the desk and he'd already lost like two thirds of that team. They were bad, bad. That's what made Stafford finally say, enough of this. I'm out of here. Get me, get me out of here from dealing with this. That's as close as I've come. But what did he do? How, that was that bad. Like, how did he, how does that he, happen? He came in basically with the immediately saying, I was Belichick's lead assistant. So you, so you need to listen to me. It's my way or the highway. My way goes. Because that was the point where they started getting rid of all the good, what good players they had. Like Quandre Diggs, who was team captain on defense, basically questioned some of the defensive methods they were using because it wasn't working. They were getting lit up on defense he went to the coach and just straight up said, "Is like, well, how about we try doing this? And they traded him five days later because he questioned them and they started like releasing guys. And they started signing all these washed up Patriots to replace him because they wanted to kind of make Detroit like Patriot, the Patriots of the Midwest. And mm-hmm. that's not how it worked. And he just alienated so many guys. He angered. That's how Darius Slay ended up in Philadelphia.
1: Because mm-hmm.
3: Patricia basically pissed him off. He's like, all right, I'm done. Get me out of here. Mm-hmm. and, Philly was like, okay. We'll take him, and and he came out of here. Golden Tate was the same way. Ran Golden Tate out of town. Stafford wanted out for two years. It's just that that was kind of kept low key. Stafford was trying to get out of there the the first year he was there, but he they they couldn't they they didn't want to part with him, and no team was going to answer that asking price. So that's why he stuck around. That's as close as I came was Patricia, where that was the one where I'm like you know. I might need to. I might need to just kind of check out of here. I've already moved to Philly. I got a ready-made thing right here. I've I I've, I've been digging the Eagles since since I first saw Randall Cunningham. That that's like so. It, this would be an easy straight line right to the Eagles, and it's just I couldn't. You can't really do it because it would be just my luck. The year I jump ship on that team is the year they go thirteen. Well, I guess it's thirteen and four now because of that. <laughs> they go thirteen and four, win the division, run through the playoffs. It'd Be just my luck, they'd come in here and beat the Eagles and go to the Super Bowl. And I'd just be sitting there wearing all these, all this Eagle gear with just like that one ear <laughs> running down my eye Like I, damn it, I knew I should have stuck around <laughs> one more year. If I'd have just hung in one more year, my mama still sticks with this team, I still stick with this team, but I don't I sometimes do it like with my with with my eyes closed. Just mm-hmm. like, oh god, just don't don't embarrass me. And this is the thing on Sunday, don't embarrass me. 35, 24. If you're gonna get beat, go out like men. It's just go out, go out swinging. Don't go out like last year because that was that was bad. That's the one time they talked about firing Dan Campbell was that was how bad that game was. They were it's all play. right.
0: Well, that maybe they. I think the Eagles came out the way they did because at that point, I think that was really the lowest point of the Eagles' season. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. they were. We were ready to.
2: We, we were, were talking get, about Sirianni's job, yeah. we were talking about Gannon's job, we were talking about blowing up the
0: roster. We was like, and, and once again, it was like it, it fell on Howie because at this point, when you're looking at the way that team was playing, mm-hmm. and you look at where where it, it seemed to be going, and it just looked they looked overmatched in every facet of the game. Yep. Looked like the offense didn't know what they were doing, the play calling just looked inexperienced. The defense was just getting embarrassed. And you were like, everybody's got to go. And at this point in time, you got to get rid of the person who, who built this team. Mm-hmm. Now you fast forward a couple of months, not even a year, Howie could be mayor. <laughs> Howie could be mayor. I don't care about, I don't care what city councilman decides that he's he's ready to run. And throw. If Howie Roseman Threw his hat in the ring for mayor of Philadelphia. Right now, he would win. <laughs> He'd have a shot. He'd have a shot at it. It's there, just, would it people, there would the be power. People, There would be people calling for a recall mm-hmm. of uh, uh,
3: of Kenny right now. Let's 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 just get Howie in office now. That's Why what, that's, wait? That's that power of the Detroit Lions. You, you if you're in trouble, you your your team looks a little di- in disarray. You got to get you. All you got to do is a little bit of that Honolulu blue and silver in you. It's like it's like hitting you with a with an energy drink. Just boom. And it it's like it's it shocks it shocks the system. It turns you into do, something.
0: Do you put phone calls on the air during your show? Unfortunately, we do not put phone calls. Well, put, I want you to put me through on Monday. If the Eagles blow out the Detroit Lions or Sunday. You're I'm calling Mitchell. I'm calling you. I'm not calling I'm not calling, calling WIP. I'm not calling to the Fanatic. I'm calling <laughs> I'm going to KYW News Radio 1039 FM. I see. There you go. And we're still watch. on
3: 1060 and on and right here on the Odyssey app. We're also on the Odyssey app too. Just want to make sure I get that in there as well. Just like we look, I've I'm I remember when the Lions came in here a couple years ago and won, and mm. I was on the air that day because I was still doing weekends. I was on the air that day when the Lions came in here and got that win down at Lincoln Financial Field. So I knew the receipt was coming eventually when the Eagles <laughs> had to go out there. I knew it was coming. I didn't think it was going to be 44-6, but I knew it was coming. It's, it's all good, but I am going to come on your show.
0: <laughs> your show. My mentions going to get
3: lit up. I can already <laughs> see that. I'm going Sunday. to come
0: on your show and call not only – talk trash about the game, but I am going to call for the recall of Jim <laughs> Kitty so <laughs> so Howie Roseman can be mayor of Philadelphia. That is the call I am going to make. I don't
2: You're know to start
3: a petition. Howie for... Roseman for mayor. They got to... Howie for mayor. I'd, I'd actually jump in on that, but they got to beat Dallas. You, you be- wouldn't... Go to go to Dallas and get that W, and and even I might be sitting here like, you know what? No, Howie all, wouldn't look too bad in that Bears. Let me, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you, we beat Dallas
0: in this first game. Let me tell you the victory tour I'm going on when that happens. I'm calling everybody's show. I'm calling your show. I'm calling Tyrone's show. I'm calling John Marks's show. I'm jumping in. Oh, let me tell you, Ashley Baker. You better watch <laughs> out for me. I don't care about. I'm I'm jumping on all your. Uh, I'm jumping on all her podcasts, every Twitter space, Clubhouse thing, meetings. whatever, you just, uh, <laughs> everything. I'm going to her job, sitting in the uh, staff meetings. Oh, I'm going man. to talk about this. All right, real quick. I know you said it before, but before we let you go, let everyone know where they can reach Jay Scott Smith.
3: So I'm on Twitter. At Jay Scott Smith, J A Y S C O two T's S M I T H. I am real J. Scott Smith on Instagram. I'm even on TikTok now. I got, I, I got, <laughs> po- I got pulled into TikTok. I am real Jay. Do, do, do you do videos? Do you do TikTok videos? Now, see, I don't do the goofy dance videos. I don't do any of it, but I do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Okay. And do a lot of cool stuff in studio on TikTok. So that's the that's the lane I'm going. I ain't gonna be sitting here. I'm, I'm not dancing for y'all. I'm not gonna be Millie Rock. Well, exactly. <laughs> don't man, no. exactly don't dance
0: for these people. You I don't dance. dance you. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: You don't, don't no. dance out here. I'm a grown exactly. man. Baby. We don't <laughs> be out here dancing. And, and as exactly. we
0: don't dance for these people.
3: You can hear me every afternoon. I won't be dancing, but I, I might occasionally get the once in a while rap line off in one of my news stories, and you can hear it on KYW News Radio. You see it right here, ten sixty AM. We're still old school, ten sixty AM, one hundred three point nine FM, and on the Odyssey app. If you're not in town, you want to listen on smart speakers, just tell them to play KYW News Radio. We ride in there, baby. That's 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 what I do five days a week. That's the that's the business that gets handled.
2: I appreciate All that, right. man. My man.
0: Man, thank you for coming on, rocking with us for,
3: and hanging with us for a little bit, man. Tell us yeah. anytime. We got an NBA season at some point to deal with, and 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 then when it comes time to talk about the Sixers, I'm mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm I'm all in on that. If Phillies uh, do, do so. it. or even oh. Phillies, because the Phillies gonna mess around, and make the postseason this year. So it like might.
0: they just might. They might they, mess around. They in the they,
3: they, they messing around, but then they got to play. They actually got to play a good team. And Once they you, get there, you, that's the question. Yeah, that's keep the away problem. from Atlanta or the Mets. That's the only thing. Keep them away from Atlanta, or the Mets. That that you talk about forty four six, that would be like the equivalent of forty four six dealing with Atlanta, Man, or the I Mets. Can't, I, I can't take that, it. That's that's not even fair. But nah. anytime, anytime, it's the NBA season's not that far off. I love to talk basketball. Get me get me in here. I got nothing but time for you fellas. Uh See Appreciate that? it. We and that's
0: and that's why that's why we, that's why we mess with Jay. That's why Jay rocks with us. That's why we that, exactly. Thank you, brother. We appreciate it once again. That is Jay Scott Smith from KYW News Radio. I still say the. I still say the jingle. I, I still got to say the whole K-Y-W. thing. KYW News, News Radio, 10. <laughs> you give it. What is it? You give us ten minutes. We'll give you the world. There it is. Exactly, man. It's a good show, man. Wait, we back, bro. We back. We back. Y'all tell the streets Jonesy and Brown's back up, y'all. The price mm-hmm. of the brick went up. We're going to have fun today. <laughs> Today's this week. price
2: is not ah, yesterday's, yesterday's price.
0: price. We're back in these streets. Well, we back talking sports, back talking Eagles. Make sure you check us out. Listen to us Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter Jonesy and Brown. Jonesy,
2: Jonesy and Brown. And Brad.
0: Three words, Jonesy and Brown. You can talk to us. We will talk back. We'll be. We're always on Twitter. Sometimes on Facebook. A couple times we'll check out Instagram. But we're there.
2: You we around. The we, we,
0: we out here. We out here. Let them know we back outside. Thank you for rocking with the Jonesy and Brown podcast. Mike Jones, any final thoughts?
2: Wait till we start talking about the Sixers. Oh boy. Bro, are right. not ready.
0: Uh, predictions for Sunday.
2: I'm going Eagles. I'm going to go final score win by I, – I I feel good about this game. I'm going to say the Eagles win this one by double digits. Eagles, birds by 10,
0: 31-21. 31-21, okay. Mm-hmm. I will go 27-10, Eagles. Okay. 27-10, a couple of field goals. I can dig it couple of field goals. Offense looks okay. Not, I think offense comes out looking okay, not great. I think defense will shine. So 27-10, you said 31-21. We will see and we will check you guys out next week on the Jonesy and Brown podcast. That is my Jones. Back in the day, ladies didn't want him. Now I'm hot. What happens then?
2: I can't tell you. My wife here. <laughs> I, I, I. I'm How you doing,
0: Mrs. Jones?
2: I'm How you doing, Mrs. Jones?
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to see Jonesy doing the next show live from the couch. You know, that,
2: mm-hmm. uh, Live from the emergency room. Live
0: from the emergency room. No, we don't need that. All right, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll, see. we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace, y'all.
2: Hey, you feeling this podcast? To hear
0: this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.
3: You're listening to Jonesy and Brand Brand.